Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, I am super excited and honored to be speaking to a really dear friend of mine and editor-in-chief at Rebel Love, Mr. Michael Harmon. Hi, Michael. Hey, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to see you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. So just a little bit about Michael. Michael knew me when Rebel Love was just an idea before we launched anything. And in fact, he was the person reading all of my writing before anyone else saw it, which was really kind of confronting, but he really helped me through that process. And I'm so glad that he's here today to talk about his exploration into casual dating. So we're just going to get into it, Michael. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came here? Where did you come from? Tell us about you. Well, first, I can't believe that I was the first person that you exposed your writing to. <laughs> well, just in hindsight. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing I always say to you, like, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. And I didn't start Rebel Love to share my writing, actually. In fact, yeah. I, sh- I started it to be able to talk to people like you and do these interviews. And the writing and was I'm just like, like the oh, most pretentious writer person you possibly could have exposed your writing to, like care about it way too much. Like <laughs> I, it was very not casual at all. But <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. We did. Well, that's the thing. I was like, well, if Michael can read this and be like, yeah, you should still do it. Then I was like, okay, cool. I must be onto something. <laughs> Yeah. A bit about me. Well, I met you at the bar. I mean, working at Kaylee Cottage and I've been doing that kind of stuff for the last five years, just odd jobs, making it work. But writing is like, as you know, it's my sort of primary passion. And for most of my adult life, that's been in front of everything else to a fault. (laughs) Um, But in terms of the dating, because I know, you know, that's what we're going to talk about. Like one of the things I was writing about to you recently was my lineage as like what's been termed a serial monogamous. Yes. (laughs) yes. You know, I'm a boyfriend guy. It was funny. I was joking with this woman I'm seeing last night because she had to get up early to go to work and I was making her a lunch for the next day. And I like wrapped it in like a little baggie, like a mom. And put her name on it, like to be really extra. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and I was like, you can see my heritage as a boyfriend guy. <laughs> like, it's my like, it's my niche. But like, yeah. But I kind of like, I guess to jump ahead a little, we talk a lot about like in RL, you know, you talk about love and sex, but you're really talking about like life and general health. And I think something that never gets old in terms of general health is talking about balance and equanimity. And for me, spending so much time in those phases of being a serious boyfriend, being in these like really committed relationships that were in some ways, I think like sort of above my years in certain ways. Not that that's unusual, but I think what for me it represented was a tenure in one side of myself, one energy of myself. And so the shift that I've been sort of trying to make for many years in many different ways, but most recently that is manifesting in this casual dating venture. That shift is me moving from one side of myself that I feel like I've inhabited perhaps too much and that I want to distance myself from. And so it's not, I think most people understand that it's not that there's right ways, wrong ways, but just what's something that for me was a confrontation and challenging was the idea of casual dating. That was like really 
spooky and required an approach and attitude that for me was different than the one I was used to performing in my romantic life. So yeah, that's the thing or two. <laughs> so what does casual dating mean to you though? So let's talk a little bit about like, you say you're in serial monogamous relationships. Yeah. Like how much time is between those? And first of all, how do they come about? Like if you're like falling from one relationship to another, you talked a little bit about like kind of that's your personality and making that lunch for the woman that you are seeing now. But what's to stop it? Like, for example, from you falling into the same kind of relationship with this woman now? I mean, in terms of the sort of the practical of it, one thing I've done is just been really upfront about like the fact that I ended a relationship in February, a long-term relationship. So that sets the premises in a lot of ways. I very much present that as a disclaimer, like this is where I was. And so that's not where I want to be. That's not who I can be right now. And I've said the word boyfriend a bunch of times. I've said I can't be a boyfriend right now. Like It's not that I don't love that role. I really do love it, but I can't be it right now because I'm trying to investigate something different in myself. So I say things like that. And yet there's a lot of challenges to how explicit you are. And I think it's like that in lots of different circumstances. Honesty doesn't really mean just one thing. There's different forms of honesty. And I've really been learning how to navigate what the right move is with certain situations. And with this, I don't love the term casual dating. It doesn't have a nice sound. Mm -hmm. It's not casual. It's just not this sort of very like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what a good term is. Not committed. It's not committed. Yeah, I guess it is not committed. You're right. That's fair. It's not a commitment. It's not a like, I think when you become someone's girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever term, I, I think for me, you're investing and you're saying, I'm here, like I'm in this and this isn't just going to end. Like if there are issues, we work through them. Like the goal here is to make this healthy and functional and lasting. I think when you become someone's partner, that's what you're signing up for. And I'm sort of saying I can't sign up for that, I guess. Mm -hmm. But again, I have struggled with how much, what is right to say, what is not wrong to say, because if you meet someone new, and you want to have some sort of romantic experience with them. I mean, what are you just going to meet them and go, okay, like, but I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't want to be this. Like there has to be some sort of room for, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Room for pivoting. You know, you're allowed to pivot. Yeah. You're allowed to change your mind. That's the thing. I remember when I was younger, I really hurt someone a lot. And obviously that was not my intention. And my thing was, well, I was, I was honest with him. I was upfront. And so I thought that that kind of fixed the scenario, right? but it didn't at all. Just because I was honest with him, it didn't mean that it didn't hurt still. And it actually hurt him immensely. And I felt really sick for years that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for this pain in somebody else. And even though I was honest, there's just nothing I can do about it. And it was just a horrible feeling. So I think that... Was that person in the fair country of Canada? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> no, that wasn't. That was when I was much younger. <laughs> I think you're trying to put the puzzle pieces together, Michael. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm trying to pin a name. <laughs> that might have been pre our friendship. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't know. I just think humans, we want to be okay, right? And I think that honesty does help for sure. Like, for example, if someone's going to leave you rather than cheat on you, just being upfront about it, it doesn't kind of make it hurt less, but mm. it helps you kind of process it more, I think. That's a good way of articulating it. I agree with that. 
yeah, it's like when you hear something from someone that you don't want to hear, it's always really painful and a shock. But when, yeah, when you're able to kind of go, well, he actually said these words. So it's much easier for me to try and chew those emotions in my body because they're going to be either chewed or pushed down. (laughs) They need to be processed in some way. And as the person delivering those words, you have to get over the discomfort of saying them because it needs to be done. Yeah. It's not fun, but it's really important. Yes. Yes. It's really important, but it's absolutely not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's happened to me a few times. Like I do, you know, when something needs to be said and I don't know, personally, it's like compulsive. I have to say the thing because if you don't, you're just it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. And you're kind of prolonging, you're putting off somebody else's pain to ease your discomfort. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. That's Mm. exactly what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Which is hard as well, right? Because you've still got to process the fact that you, you know, are you sure about this as well? Because you can't go back, right? (laughs) Yeah. Once you say it. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, I I don't know how we got onto this, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's resonant. It's resonant for everyone, right? Like everyone goes through... I mean, I think that's one of the big things about why you're doing Rebel Love, right? Because everyone goes through this stuff. So it resonates. Everyone's like, yep, I hear you, sister. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And you think it gets easier, but it really just doesn't. I think you get... I mean, my experience anyway, you get more clarity around what you want and what you kind of willing to accept and not willing to accept. And here's the thing, what you're willing to accept and not willing to accept in others, but also in yourself. Okay, this is not the kind of person I want to be. Yeah, it's really hard and uncomfortable, but I want to be the kind of person who can be honest with someone and break up in the best way possible, if that's even a thing. Yeah, I agree with that. So you mentioned that you broke up with a significant relationship in February this year. Can you talk a little bit about why you decided to end that? I think it has a lot to do with what I was saying at the beginning about just having been, yeah, it's weird. It's not easy to put into words, but having been, I think for me, the way I understand it is having spent so much time in one mode of myself, which I don't have any negativity towards, but you start to recognize when something becomes just a place of safety for yourself. And it was really hard because the relationship was really wonderful. And yeah, there's no other way to put it. It was a great relationship. And so there was no easy reason of like, oh, I shouldn't be in it because logically it was wonderful and it felt good. But I just, I could sense this feeling like rising up in myself. And you know me, I'm pretty conscious about these kind of personal growths and things like that's what a lot of my writing pours into. And so I had felt that welling up for a while, this concern that I hadn't spent a chapter of my life being this other side of myself. I hadn't really confronted it. And a lot of it had to do with some idea of masculinity, I think. I just knew that if I didn't address that properly, that it would just kind of fester in myself and thereby fester in the relationship. So both for myself and for the person I was with, I just knew that that wasn't like viable, like, and it wasn't the right thing to do. And so I just had to like break up with her, even though it almost felt wrong because everything in the current time was good. But just knowing that this huge thing was not going to go away and being sure that I wouldn't be able to sort it out within the context of the relationship, that it was something I just had to like put myself in, just expose myself to outside a relationship. So I just like had to do it because ultimately you do want to, I at least want to have a marriage in some form or another, perhaps not a marriage marriage, but a marriage of some sorts with someone. And so you want to go into that just like you'd want to go into parenthood 
knowing that you're healthy and that you're comfortable with yourself and that you've taken care of as many of those little pockets of insecurity or uncertainty that you can. Yeah. So I knew that that was a big thing that I think I needed to like really look into before I like gave myself to someone ultimately, which I was beginning to feel was going to happen with the person I was with or could happen. Right. So that's why I ended it. Mm -hmm. And also just to give a little bit of context, how old are you? I'm 26. <laughs> yeah, I just mentioned that because I feel like I felt that time that I needed to explore as well. And the panic, I remember somebody kind of wanted to be in a relationship with me in my early 20s. The panic that came up for me, I was just like, no, there's a whole world out there. I have to like go and see and explore and, you know, who knows yeah. what will happen. Yeah, I just, I don't know how else to explain it except for panic of being tied down to one person when there was just this enormous world that I hadn't seen yet and the possibilities that I hadn't yeah. explored yet. Well, that was the same impulse for me. I think the only difference is for me, it wasn't necessarily a cause of excitement. It was more a feeling of, I mean, it, that scared me, but it was something that because it scared me, I knew it was something that I had to like look into. You know, I was like, oh, that scares me. Okay, that's a sign. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, being single was not something that I been much. Like I was single in my early 20s for like two or three years, but I just was really kind of biding my time for the next relationship. And I wasn't really actually inhabiting that space. I was just kind of waiting for it to end so that mm -hmm. I could get back to the comfort of being a boyfriend, which really like an easy place for me to be being in love, being kind of giving yourself that way. Mm -hmm. So now I am a single person, like a real one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a real single person. <laughs> well, actually, I talk about this all the time, that you're a bit of a unicorn, we, we would say. So meaning that you're thoughtful, you're honest, you're aware, you're sweet. You're just like a lot of the things that I think many, and I mean, I obviously can't speak for everyone, but that I've heard a lot of women want in a man. <laughs> Most women hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go along without leaving a trail of broken hearts? I mean, I know we talked about the honesty thing, well, <laughs> but like when, when you get to a point where you... <laughs> so far, I've left more, more broken. broken hearts than intact ones, but it wasn't my intention. <laughs> right. But there's definitely, it's not, not that right now, but I'm working on it. And that's part of like what made me wake up to like when I had this kind of rebound relationship in the spring. I don't know. It really shocked me like what I did because I was like, it just, I don't know. It's hard to put into words, but I... It's hard to know how to talk about it because I don't want to like disparage it too much. Right. So after I ended the long term, like my serious three relationship, I kind of jumped into another relationship right away and totally just threw myself into the depths of it, which is where I know where to go. Like it's like that's like like most people, I, I don't know. That's something I knew how to do. So I did it. It was like a safety, I think. And yet at the same time, like I've said to you, I don't want to disparage like the connection that I had with that person because it was, we did have a really nice time together and it was special, but it was so wrong for me. And like, it was totally not doing what I was supposed to be doing, what I was leaving my relationship to be. Right. And once I realized that and, and started stomaching that, like how wrong it was, I was like, oh, now I have to end this relationship too. And so... To answer your original question of leaving a trail of broken hearts, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm not trying to do that. Right. 
But since then, I've had a few entanglements, and I think they've all gone really well. Actually, they have gone really well. And I'm pretty sure there's no one's like writing me death notes or like, you know, like voodoo dolling me or anything. <laughs> like, I don't think I broke any heart. I have like taken on this new self, and I am actually doing that now and not like avoiding it. So nice, nice. And like you said, offering the disclaimer at the start and being very clear about your intention. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what to say and what not to say sometimes, but I do make sure to tell that, yeah, I don't want to be a boyfriend or rather I can't be a boyfriend. And I give the backstory. I'm not just trying to like pull a quick one on you. I seriously was in like some real, like in a big relationship and I can't really like go there again now. So if that's what you want, like you should turn the other way. Right. But at the same time, don't turn the other way because I want to be with you. <laughs> so, you know, it's like a balance between trying to seduce people, but not give them a false hope. So, right, right. So they'd ultimately have to be looking for the same thing that you want, the casual, like maybe you've both come out of a relationship. It was funny actually, because I remember being with um, a rebound guy and it was actually perfect because he was completely emotionally unavailable. <laughs> And so it worked out really well because I was like, great, I don't need any of that right now. I I just cannot. Like I was in the same boat. I was just like, my heart was wounded. And so we had this amazing relationship where we just hung out, had lots of sex, watched lots of TV, (laughs) drank some drinks. And it worked out really, really well. And it was really, really fun. And at the time, it was actually incredibly healing because that was what I needed. And I couldn't be with somebody who wanted me emotionally and That's why it worked out so well. I mean, for a while there, but then someone did get hurt, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, it's always a way playing with hearts, isn't it? It's like playing. Doesn't sound like it was you. No, uh, no. Yeah, well, yeah, he he did some work, and I guess he became a little bit emotionally available along the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting why we get into things and how we kind of cope with loss. Yeah, I think you can do your best and manage them and try and make it healthy and. They're not going to be perfect. <laughs> like No, they're certainly you know, not. So Yeah, I don't know okay. any breakups that are perfect. Although I guess... But I hear you what you're saying about it's been a revelation for me that you can have nice, intimate experiences with people that aren't these, like, for me, these, like, serious relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's something that I think I didn't know was out there. I didn't know how to make that happen. I didn't know how to formulate it. All I knew how to do was get someone to fall in love with me and go down that road, which has been wonderful, but... Yeah, I didn't know that you could have these other forms of love or intimacy or sex. Like, mm-hmm. so that's been cool. Yeah. Let's talk about like what's happening now then. So, if you're in these casual relationships, what is to stop you from falling in love now? Like, you say, I don't want, <laughs> I'm not in this space, but what's to stop it from happening? Part of it is like just flirting a lot. <laughs> I just like my tendency. If I spend night with someone, the next day I'm thinking about. I'm like, are we married now? (laughs) That's where my mind goes. Oh my goodness! So like, I have to keep that. Like, even if I think they're the coolest person in the world, just you know, it's intimate, right? Like, you bond, you bond yourselves together in a certain way, especially if you have sex. Like, you can't really take that experience away from yourself. Like, it's it does something. I don't know. I think it's been helpful, like seeing different people and like, even if it's not like sleeping with lots of people, like just flirting with different people, having different girls that I have a crush on, like that just helps keep my heart a little bit like in check and make sure that I don't go down a road that would be bad for me and someone else. 
that's one thing. And I don't know, I've been conscious to like, I'm, you know, little things like, oh, okay, don't text a person today. Like that's not, you don't want to get into that routine. Like, right. Behavior routine. This isn't a person who you text. Yeah. Like no mundane text to this person. Like, here's what I'm doing right now. Shit. Like that's not, that's boyfriend stuff or friend stuff. I don't have like a checklist of like, this is how I don't get into a relationship again, but just being conscious, right? And little things like the thing I was saying to you, not texting someone too often, that makes a difference. Not seeing someone too often. Back-to-back days are a little bit unsafe. Like you got to like give each other some space so that you don't like start to, otherwise your bodies start to congeal together if you spend too much time with someone. Uh, When we were talking after this recording, you talked about this being kind of a phase. Can you expand on that a little bit? And also like, How do you know when you're going to be ready to exit the phase? That's a good question. Partially in my mind, I have this sort of time formula where I'm like, I just, I need to put some days in between a breakup and in a a real relationship, but perhaps some years, really, I'm starting to think. I, I know that that's there in myself, you know, like I know that that boyfriend self is there. So I don't really think I need to be in a rush to like go back to that right now. I think I should probably put it on ice for a little while. And I don't know, and see, I don't know, maybe I meet someone who I just can't avoid, (laughs) who I'm just unbearably in love with or something. But for now, indefinitely, I, and in terms of phase, like, you know, everything we do is in phases, right? We're like the cycles of a moon, like you just go through different periods and that's just how it is being a human being. And it's important to keep those movements happening, I think. But yeah, it's also just a word I use a lot, so... People use this word pejoratively, like, oh, it's just a phase. Right. But for me, it's got this serious gravity to it because it comes from a writer that I love, uh, Yates. So it's like this real serious thing. But (laughs) so probably when I say phase, you're like, oh, that's kind of, it sounds kind of wishy-washy or kind of like light. Un-Michael. It sounds very (laughs) un-Michael. Yeah. But I'm, you think I'm saying like, oh, it's just a phase. I'm like, it's a phase. (laughs) Like, it's like this whole different gravity. You have to read Yeats. Yeats is a vision. Then you can understand how serious this word is for me. But it doesn't matter. These are the kinds of conversations we have, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then it stops when I break up Yeats. <laughs> and then it's, okay, move on. <laughs> Let's talk about sex. <laughs> I'm learning every day. I'm learning every day. <laughs> All right, I've got a pretty deep question for you, Michael, and I don't know that this can necessarily be answered, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say anyway. I'm excited. <laughs> How do you think that relationships work? Like good relationships. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite axioms about relationships is one of the things I say is I don't believe in fairness, mm. which I like to say because it strikes people the wrong way. But I really think that what makes a good relationship work is both of you giving what you can. And I put a lot of emphasis on that, the end of that. It's giving what you can. It's not giving what is equal to the other person. Or I've for so long pushed away as far away as I can get from this kind of measuring and like tallying in terms of relationships, sex, friendships, because everyone is different and we don't have the same resources and we don't have the same faculty. I'm a grumpy person and I'm also not a good night person. And so I don't have that in spades. Like those are deficiencies, but other people are like these vivacious night people. Like I'm just trying to make the point that we're all different and it's the same in a relationship. And so 
I know in my last relationship, one of the things that I just cherished about it so much was that we both just gave everything we could. And that didn't necessarily mean that we were always equal. Like, I think that just comes down to like faith or something, right? I mean, I don't shy away from that word faith. Like, I think you have faith in someone if you love them and you know that they're trying. For me, if someone's giving all they can, like, maybe not all they can, but if they're giving what they can, I I think that's enough. It's not about what I'm giving or how it measures out. So yeah, I don't have like a lot of particular like phrases or sayings or something that about what makes a relationship work. But that is something that I do think about a lot. And there's no way to know that other than just being honest with yourself. Like, am I giving in every moment? And it's not about buying dinners or stuff. It's about those little like diurnal, oh, could I hold my tongue at this moment? Right. It's little things like that, right? And I think that through these kind of the underlying currents of a relationship that sort of pass between you and your partner, those things are received and understood. And I think when you keep those kind of things moving, it just the sort of organ of the relationship stays healthy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I feel like made my past relationship so beautiful was that it worked like that. We were both really loved each other and gave what we could and knew what each other could give and didn't ask for more than that, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And there's other things too, like having fun with each other is really important. You got to have fun with the person you're with, mm-hmm. whether it's like doing hobbies together or just making sure you keep the element of play in your life mm-hmm. and that you keep engaged with the relationship. Because a relationship, and you know this, is like, it's something you have to nourish. A relationship can't be static. And you can smell when they get static with other people. You're like, oh, that relationship is flat because the relationship is not kept healthy. So it's funny because you and I have talked a little bit lately about having kids and one of the things I like to say like about having kids is like, if I'm in a relationship, I already have two kids to take care of. Like I have me and I have you. <laughs> like that's two kids. <laughs> like <laughs> that's true. Like it's it's two people to care for. And the relationship itself is almost like a third entity. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. That's something. But I don't know. There's probably so many ineffable things that you just can't that are just sort of understood that make a relationship good. But You know as well as I do, because you've been in a wonderful relationship. Yeah, yeah, I have. That's very true. So all the things that you were just talking about, the doing, giving what you can, I think that really takes a lot of awareness. So I guess that, and I mean, I talk about this a lot on Rebel Love and, and I mean, personally, is taking responsibility. I mean, you've really got it. And I think the first step to that is that awareness. And, you know, like you said, being really honest with yourself. And sometimes... You know, I just wrote about this recently on Rebel Love where sometimes like you think that you're processing something and then you're like, but wait a second, am I really? And then you pull off another layer of the onion and then you're like, oh, okay, you know, I've got to this place. I think I'm good. And then you're like, well, wait a second. Oh my gosh, there's another layer peeling off (laughs) and it just keeps coming, right? It, It just keeps coming. It's like you keep going deeper into the awareness and then, but you've got to be able to uncover what's underneath because if you keep it in there, then you can't continue to grow and expand. And I think that what you said before as well about even those moments of like holding your tongue, sometimes it's even the moments of saying sorry and just really apologizing or being okay with not being right. And I talk about this a lot as well, like being, you know, it's really Those are the real braveries. Those are the real braveries of being a human, especially with guys. There's a lot of guys who would take a bullet for you, but they won't hold their tongue like when they need to, or they won't listen. Like, 
those are real courages, like those kind of things that you're mentioning here. Those are real. Those things take heart. Like, yeah, those are like braveries of the ordinary. And they, they matter more than anything in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah no, sorry me, to interrupt me, it. I'm no, agreeing me too. with you for sure. I totally agree. They matter. And it's interesting as well. Like when you think about love, I mean, I obviously can only speak for myself, but you think about the little things, it's those things. And the looks, I remember when like one of my ex-partners would look at me, like he didn't even have to say he loved me because I could feel it. It made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's really That's very tender. (laughs) Yeah. To me, it is very tender. And I think that I'm not really sure where that comes from. You know, I'm not sure where that, where the moment of, that explosion of energy and mingling kind of like locks in and it's just like, wow, this is it, you know? And then being able to keep that energy alive, like you were saying with the plague and with the, you know, because you can feel when relationships go flat, but but when can we pinpoint that moment? If we could pinpoint that moment, then, you know, but I think that like it's got to breathe. The relationship's got to breathe, right? It's got to keep pulsating like a heart. If it stops, then it dies. I like that tangent a lot. Yeah. Anytime you compare things back to the body, it's a pretty good metaphor to go for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it is like a body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's sage. That's sage wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, when you're talking about it, I mean, because you could feel the way you were talking about it, it just you're exuding so much energy and the whole thing you're talking about is just to do with like this chemistries and these electricities that are just really like kind of like they're tough to talk about but they're really amazing (laughs) i mean i'm amazed thinking about them i'm struck it's really cool really cool stuff just how two people impact each other like that Mm Yeah, so that's when it works, right? <laughs> that's one version of when it works. Yeah, yeah. When it doesn't work, it's like people let all the other baggage of life interrupt that energy. So it might be like they're fighting it. They know that they're in love, but they're just like incredibly scared. And I get, I totally get that fear, right? There's, I remember one of my, one of my exes actually said this to me after we'd broken up. And um, I was sad one day and I came to him. We were still friends. And he said, don't be scared. It's just the unknown. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and that totally was, this was like totally like always my, stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. the tree falling in the woods moment. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy in relationships too, because you can have those moments where there's just a void or like a, some sort of barrier between you and person. And then one person braves to like break it and apologizes or puts a hand out or something. And then everything floods back in. Because, you know, I've been thinking before about like when you walk down the street and people always look at each other so dark and serious and sinister. And then sometimes if you smile at someone, you just evoke this reaction of like the person just a smile like comes out of them in response because we all want to be opened up at all times, but we're like concealed and afraid and worried about other people's judgments of us. And we're worried about their judgments because we know firsthand what they are because we're so judgmental. And so there's just this constant stingy fear. And then you just like, sometimes you pass someone and you're in a good mood and you just, you know, you give a smile and they're just like, oh, it's like, they they just fall into that. Like, so it's such a relief. It's like, oh, I can let go. Like, and uh, it's crazy to share those like extremely intimate moments on the street with like some dude that you pass and like say good morning to or something. 
Yeah, it's incredible how much as humans we can pick up on that energy too. Like I remember I was in New York not too long ago and I was dating this guy and we decided to be exclusive. And that night that we decided to be exclusive, must have been radiating this happy vibe. And I got picked up by three different men, three different men in one night. And I was like, oh my gosh, all I needed to do (laughs) was commit to somebody. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) all of these guys come out of the woodwork. And I think it was just like, I was in such a happy place in that moment that it was showing. And Yeah. Oh yeah. That stuff is palpable. Like Mm -hmm. people want it, right? They're like, oh, I want in on that energy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the most powerful pheromones, the happy ones. (laughs) (laughs) I remember feeling, you know, and this guy literally came up to me on the subway and he was like, wow, like I would love to take you out. And I was just like, when does this happen? Like, That's so flattering. That's very flattering. (laughs) It was was very flattering. It was really, really nice. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. I cannot... (laughs) But it was very flattering. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a really good feeling. (laughs) Yeah. For for about a minute, I was like, (sighs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm embracing all of those moments right now. Whoever will have my energy or anything, it's just I'm open. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being here today. As always, I love talking to you and I'm sure you'll be back. I'm sure you'll be back to talk about some other stuff with me. And of course, you can find Michael's handiwork all over Rebel Love. Every single thing that is published goes through Michael first. That's true. So so if people want to ask you some questions or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, I'm a bit of an old kind of style person. So my email is the best way. Okay, cool. So we'll pop your email on the yeah. show notes here as well. But you can also email uh, support at Rebel Love and Michael will get the email. Just address it to Michael and he will get that email. But I'll also ask you if he wants to share a bit more of a, <laughs> a direct line. And, and if he does, we'll put it on the page here for you. So thank you so cool. much, Michael. Do you have any last words of wisdom to share? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> thank you. Pal. Nice to talk to you. You too, always. For listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships, and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. And find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast. 